Twin Lights Brewing was founded as a community-centric, environmentally-minded family operation which seeks to source and honor local ingredients, push the boundaries of the science of brewing, and spread the kind of joy that only comes from drinking beer crafted from the heart. With an ever-rotating selection of beers on tap, a family-friendly tap room that welcomes children of all ages, as well as dogs, and a large comfortable space built to host most kinds of events, Twin Lights is designed to bring the community together in new and exciting ways. Visit Twin Lights Brewing at 4057 Asbury Avenue in Tinton Falls, New Jersey, and follow them on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date with their newest releases, merchandise, and special events. Twin Lights Brewing, the official beer sponsor of the Review Podcast Network. All right, welcome back to Matt and Mike Read Comics. This is Mike. And this is Matt. And, and we, we read, read comics. comics. And today we have a special guest, the uh, SVP of Hot Sauce Acquisition, uh, the director of Sticker Production. Um, you've had like 17 other titles over at the Review Podcast Network. But uh, Melissa, welcome. Three hours later, all my titles will be on here. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, have I ever told you like the running joke I have with her, with her, Mike? No. Because she, she does, uh, uh, so it started with, TikTok, right? Because I have Instagram pages for mm. like the podcast and whatnot, and I just I'm too old to use TikTok. I just don't want to. Gotcha. <laughs> right. Believe me, I understand. Right? But she was like, she's like, well, you know, like you got to be on TikTok social media, and I was like, well, do you just want to do that for sure? <laughs> yeah, yeah. As like an old man, that's what we do. It's like I'm gonna the beginning of push my this off. Yeah. On you. <laughs> so she started doing the TikTok for me, and then she started buying us hot sauces for the Taco Podcast. And then she was like, "I can make you guys stickers too." And then she volunteers for all these things. So, well, damn it! Now I've um, next time I see you, I've got to give you my hot sauce. Oh, I just made a batch. So you make a hot sauce? I make a kick-ass hot sauce. Holy oh. shit! Now How did I have not to come know? To tacos. Yeah, wow. How and did I, I make a this? kick-ass barbecue sauce? So I'm so excited. All right, cool. So next time I will get you a uh, a smattering of my barbecues and uh, hot sauces. Oh, I'm very totally excited! Cool. Um, and no, you're right, this is really good. Yeah, this I'm telling part, you, yeah, this is really good. This this seltzer you gave me. Um, anyway, all right. This week on the show, we have read, and by we I also mean Melissa, special guest. Uh, the first volume of the new Teen Titans by the legendary Marv Wolfman, George Perez, and how do you say the last name? Romeo Tangal. Tangal. Um, so, Mike, tell us about this book. Uh, this book was... Uh, all right, uh, let's cast our minds back to <laughs> 1980, 1981. Uh, 1980 was... Now, there hadn't been a Teen Titans series in about two years. Uh, they had... Um, Teen Titans were... It was like... The Junior Justice League. Right. It, it was, was it was when it was really all sidekicks, right? Yes, it was all sidekicks, and they were like, ah, oh, this is. They never found their footing. Yeah. Uh, they had a Titans West with Lilith, uh, Hawk and Dove. Uh, who the hell else was on there? Uh, the original Batgirl, Bat with a hyphen girl, and she <laughs> she looked nothing like Barbara Gordon. Her name was Betty Kane. She was the niece of Batwoman from the fifties, and uh, <laughs> so you had all these. Extra characters and and Beast Boy, who was the adopted um, sidekick of the Doom Patrol. I don't think I ever knew that Beast Boy was uh, originally like a Doom Patrol sidekick. Yes. Beast Boy was, he was adopted by Rita Farr, who was Elasti Girl, and Steve Dayton, who was Mento. Right. 
which is just the stupidest name, and his costume is even worse. <laughs> so uh, he had this, it was like a black bodysuit with a lightning bolt up it, uh, purple, a purple uh, belt, and a hat that just looked like it should have been made out of tinfoil. <laughs> and it gave him mental powers. And not really even great mental powers, but some mental powers. So, Mento. Mento. Yeah, I know. It's like... You throw him into a uh, you know, can of Diet Coke and he springs up a leak. That's pretty much all, all you can think of. But so you had, um, they, they were unable to, to find any really cool footing for the Teen Titans. And so they all went their separate ways. You know, they were like, you know what? Maybe we, we put this behind us and we go and we become our own heroes. Right. Because it was and, more at a time, I guess, right, when I guess, you know, for, for your context, Melissa, right, when the, the dinosaurs were <laughs> Dinosaurs <laughs> were on the earth. <laughs> <laughs> like, the you know, the, the sidekicks really were sidekicks. Like, they, they didn't really have any sort of meaningful existence outside of their main hero counterparts. No, right? they didn't. Uh, the closest that anybody came was Robin. Right. Uh, on Earth 2, which... Um, DC was the star. They they had the multiverse out there already by, I think, 19, 1964. They had the multiverse, and um, which is really cool. But uh, Earth 2 Robin never grew up. He yep. was always Robin. It was Dick Grayson Robin. 1976, when we had the All-Star Comics and the Justice Society, he joined the Justice Society as Robin. And you're like, wow, that's just so sad. <laughs> and, um, but Robin was, he was getting older. And I think by 1980, we, he, he was in college or he just quit college. He was right. up at Hudson University. Um, he was in, he had his own feature in Batman Family. And then that went, um, that got canceled. And so Robin had no place to go. So they were going to do like a, Hey, let's do Batman and Robin again. And people like, especially the editors are like, yeah, again, again. Uh, But they were, they had their doubts because here's a 19 year old Robin. Right. And it's like, no. And he's still wearing the little booties. Yeah. His legs are fully. Uh, Yeah. And he's, he's got the, he's, oh my God. He's, he's, you know, you're, you're looking at that going, oh my God, that there's no propriety here. (laughs) Like, oh my God, have some shame, Robin. Um, But, there was an estrangement between him and Batman. And right. also, just uh, for more context, X-Men was it was the darling of the comics world at this point. And uh, you had John Byrne and Chris Claremont on that, and they were breaking sales records all over the place, and which is stunning for a comic book that was about two months away from being canceled. Right, I was going to say, this is the height of the Byrne-Claremont era. Yep. So... Um, in DC Presents, which was a Superman team-up title, number 26, they had a um, little preview, 16-page, uh, uh, and I think it's reprinted right in here. Um, it is, yeah, in the beginning. Yep. In the very here, beginning, yep. They have that 16, uh, 16-page preview, and yep. you get to see them in action. You're like, holy crap, this is really cool. And it's just Raven putting the image of all this stuff into Robin's head. And 
which is very dangerous. <laughs> he's trying to keep New York from exploding in a nuclear holocaust. It's a really good time to do exactly. it. Exactly. Right? Um, you know, I personally would have uh, hit him while he was on the can. You know, that's <laughs> that's just me though. Already um, sitting. So uh, then we had you. You saw um, Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne interacting, and it was very tense. Very tense. Extraordinarily tense, and you're like, oh my god, this is not going to be happy making yeah and it you know you're gonna see a little bit later on uh, you know um that it's it's incredibly tense once batman quits the justice league right so and there's a couple of other uh incidents where batman and robin run afoul of each other but he robin is and one of the things i love about dick grayson is he turns um he, he takes his strengths and he just kind of flips them on their side, and he's he's so much better at being Batman than Batman is. Yeah, because he can he can make people act cohesively, whereas Batman is like, right, come on, everybody, act like me, and they're like, no, we're not going to do that. Well, that was one of the things I thought was cool about this because you you really start to get to see that growth in Robin here because at one point. He's, you know, when they're going up against, uh, when they, you know, they know that Trigon is the kind of the big bad of this mm-hmm. first story here. And he makes a point and he's like, well, what do you need me for? Like, everybody else has got powers. And Raven's like, well, you're the leader. Mm-hmm. He's, like, he's like, I'm just an acrobat. He's like, she's like, no, no, you're the leader. You're the one that brings everybody together. And it's funny to think of that because, like you said, when you, when you go back and think about it, he, in the shadow of Batman, would never see himself that way. Right. Because Batman, like, you know, for better or worse, probably wouldn't let him see himself that way. No, because when you're, when you're the, there, there's Batman and then there's, and everybody else. Yep. There's Batman <laughs> and Robin and Superman and the Justice League and, you know, dot, 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 dot. So it's, <laughs> Batman always has to be in charge. He's, one of his defining characteristics is he's a control freak. He is trying to make sure that nobody else has to experience what he did. But in... Doing that, he puts blinders on, which doesn't allow him to see Robin for who he is. Right. Dick Grayson was born in the spotlight, and he's an acrobat, and he's a performer, and he puts on a show, and he puts people at ease. And that's one of his the best characteristics of Robin, of Dick Grayson, whatever, whatever role he takes. Even as Batman, when he stepped into Bruce's shoes a few times— he had to be the guy who led by example right. mm-hmm. as opposed to being like Batman and leading by fear. Like, I don't want to let Batman down. And that's one of the things that's funny here because um, when he gets fired as Robin, and you're going to see this later on if you know you read um, some of Chuck Dixon stuff like the, the Nightwing Year One, that was one of the things he he was afraid of letting Batman down. Yeah. So because there's always that fatherly relationship between right. them, despite how much they sometimes hate each other, or more so, Dick hating Bruce. <laughs> yeah, and it's completely justified because Bruce yeah. is such, such a pain in the ass. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, you know, you'll do it my way or you won't do it at all. And Dick's like, you know what, I'm going to do it my way. Screw you. Yep. You know, it's it. There is that rebellious thing, and that's what. This is, this gets over. That's the nice thing about the new Teen Titans. The old Teen Titans was about them, um, like, butting heads with their mentors. Right. Where you had, uh, you know, Wally West butting heads with 
Barry Allen, even though they are like two of a kind, they're two peas, peas in a pod. Barry's a very conservative Midwestern guy, and so is Wally. They're very, you know, um, later on, they're, uh, Wally and the Teen Titans run into Red Star, who was the original Starfire, and he's a Russian superhero. Yeah. And he has to come and... There's this woman who was sent into America to get people sick. <laughs> like she was, unknowingly, she, she went uh, into America and she was getting people sick. And um, he, has, he had to take her out. He had to kill her, essentially. And, um, you know, he's like, you, you inhuman monster, how dare you? And, you know, rather than kill her, the Teen Titans took her to the hospital and, you know, they let her die humanely, but he's like, I would have made her death quick because today was the day we were supposed to be married. Right. And he's like, oh, crap. And Wally's like sitting there like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm I'm a dick. And, you know, he was. That was, you know, there are two sides to every story. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I have questions, too, because I don't know. I'm not as much of a study on DC as you are. Gotcha. So. Uh, and yet, just, it's funny because I give you so much DC to read. I know. <laughs> I'm getting better at it, though. I'm oh, getting you're better at you're it. amazing. This is fantastic. Getting better at it. Um, so prior to this, right? So obviously, Wally, Kid Flash, right? Dick, mm -hmm. uh, Robin, Donna, uh, Wonder Girl. These mm -hmm. were all characters that have been around for a while. Beast Boy, writer Changeling, now as yep. he is. But this is a, like a first appearance, right, for guys like Starfire and Cyborg, right? Absolutely, That's and what Raven. I thought. And Raven. So these yeah. are all new characters. They were created by uh, Wolfman and Perez. Uh, Perez did all of the visuals for them, as you can tell. And George was a very interesting man. He um, he was a fetishist, <laughs> and it's, it's well documented. He's he had a thing for a, a little bit of uh, light S and M, and this is. You know, you, you can see it in Starfire's yeah. costume in particular, and, and right. Ravens, well, and Ravens a little bit. Yeah, the whole, yeah, the whole <laughs> that's right, the rope scene. God. Oh yeah, and yeah, there's. Oh my God, <laughs> that's that's makes funny. a lot of sense now. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Well, and, I mean, Cyborg's costume looks like a just a metal version of like the full on S and M, you know, costume. Yeah, a little like. bit, yeah, <laughs> a little little bit. Uh, but you know, um, these were some really cool concepts as far as superheroes go. You've got um, Starfire, who is an alien, who comes to Earth and she doesn't understand our ways. I love her character in that regard. How she Me does, too. gets nothing. Like, even just down to, like, the, the more comedic parts when she was like... Why do I have to put on a swimsuit? Yeah, <laughs> and Don Troy is like, well, like, <laughs> trust me, have to, but yeah, it's like, a good idea. Yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> and um, a little bit after this, you find out because they were subject to being um, devolved. She is from a uh, planet that uh, evolved from cats. Oh, really? You so that eventually? She's ve yeah, you find out the end because she's like becoming more feline in this like protoplasmic pit and it's like really cool so yeah, yeah no, I, I i absolutely loved her her character and cyborg in particular i mean honestly all the characters i think are really well mm -hmm. done here but you know we were we were touching on it before i think it's interesting how marv wolfman is able to mature the characters that have already existed very mm -hmm. kind of just seamlessly and gracefully like, even like you know characters like wally 
but, but but keep a lot of their same characters. So Wally's like you know kind of not wanting to be in the superhero game, kind of reluctantly being pulled in, and he's having his you know emotions kind of toyed with by Raven, who like admitted to manipulating his mind mm-hmm. to fall in love with him to get him to become a member of the team, and Beast Boy, who's still just like this kind of or changing. There's like this you know, chauvinistic kind of dickhead, but oh like God, charming at the same time, <laughs> which is really weird. And I, I mean, he's 16 in this, and. I, I don't know about you, but when I was 16, I had no hair on my chest. Um, <laughs> I was not driving a car. I was not as, you know, I'm, granted, my my father or stepfather wasn't the fifth richest man in the world. But, you know, it's I'm like, oh, my God, this is so weird. But you're, like, looking at him, and he's wandering around. He's got, like, full hairy chest. I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> I... Is, what kind of milk is he drinking? Because, yeah. I mean, I'm like, oh, my God, that, that ain't right. Uh, and the anger from uh, Vic Stone, Victor, was just so palpable. Yeah, mm-hmm. his his story was one of my favorites. And, it you know, it... it there was a there was a moment where I was kind of like you know the the big reveal right where his father built the the tower um, mm-hmm. you know and like you're, you're kind of like eh, that doesn't really make all all that much sense in you know that regard but at the same time like seeing to to get to the point where they finally tell um, the history behind that mm-hmm. and like what you know Vic's perception of it is versus what actually happened and then there's that those few like you know kind of heartwarming panels at the end there where he's like oh shit i you know sorry i kind of messed this one up and now it's been lots of quality time together like they're they're like throwing the football in the back and they're like fishing and it's like very like homey and nice and yeah you know because 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 his father's dying obviously right and that's the whole thing uh but yeah i i his his cyborg has always been a character that i i like I, I, I like a lot, but sometimes I hate also because it feels like, depending on who's writing him, I've read stories where I'm just like, oh, like I really don't like this character, but the red story is like this, and I'm like, okay, this is a character I can relate to. Yeah, well, these guys created him, so yeah, you, they should have like a handle on who he is. And Marv Wolfman, um, he wrote the fan. Did he write the Fantastic Four? I think he wrote the Fantastic Four for a little while. So he understands about like the man and the monster. Right. So, and he's done you know, a whole bunch of like, oh, you know, Tomb of Dracula and stuff like that. So yeah. he, he gets, you know, where that self-loathing comes in. And that's that's part of it. That's a huge part of it. But you you also realize that, holy crap, this guy's like a scientific genius. Mm-hmm. This is really cool. And then you got Wally who is, before this, he talked to Barry and he was like, I, I don't think I'm cut out to be a superhero. Yeah, that's what he talks about, the whole, like, the whole yep. thing. And, um, well, this is, like, years before. Like yeah. It's in a, uh, I think it was Flash Super Spectacular. Because Wally got introduced in, like, the like the six, like late 60s, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was one of the second crop of uh, sidekicks. Right. Because Speedy's been around since the 40s. Robin's been around since the 40s. And, and wasn't his original costume just a smaller, just the same exact as the, as Barry's, just a smaller version? Like, yes. The kid, right? Like, yeah. It was so, I remember seeing those. It's like so silly. Like, it, was, it was. And you're like, just oh, my God. a tiny flash. Yeah. And you, you're looking at, and it was uh, Carmen Infantino who, who drew it. And yeah, a little teeny flash. But his head was so enormous. I'm like, know, yeah, holy it's, crap. It was yeah. like, it was like going through like puberty. Like his, his body hadn't grown into the rest of his Exactly. Head. Yeah. You're, you're like an egg on a toothpick and you're like oh that's weird um but i i love this 
costume is great. This yeah. costume is one of the classics of mm-hmm. like the '60s slash '70s, and I, I mean, just yeah. so cool. I agree. I'm I'm, <clears throat> I'm, a, I'm a fan of the costume, and one of the things I actually kind of really enjoyed flipping through here, and it's like one of those kind of blink and you'll miss it sort of things, right? And I'm sure it'd probably been shown in other comics earlier, but maybe it had, I don't really know. But seeing Robin, right, there's a scene where he's just there, the Titans are kind of casually hanging around, and you see him, he's like half dressed and his red part of his suit is like kind of unbuttoned and you see the full green underneath yes. and you you see that it's like it's all one piece right you would assume of like some sort of armor which is just interesting because now you're like because now, now you think of it like oh, okay so like when he's getting changed into his costume he's not pulling on these like little green booty shorts <laughs> right you know like it's one big kind of yeah suit thing. it's like a uh <laughs> yeah like Actual body armor. Like a body like, armor, Oh, yeah. my God, that is so cool. That and somehow leaves the legs entirely exposed. Also, yeah, no, but, which, you know, <laughs> neither hey, here nor there. If someone's got a Tommy gun, you're screwed anyway. <laughs> That's um, for distraction purposes. And, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and one of my one of my it's favorite fair. things, he's riding the Robin cycle, and it's got the big R on it, yes. and he's wearing a helmet. I'm yeah. like, oh, that, that makes sense. Right, I, yeah. I didn't get that. <laughs> well, that was the first thing she said when she picked up the book. She was like, she's like, oh, Robin's legs. I yeah. was like, wow. Yeah, they're, they're she's pretty, like, I can get into this book. Hey, you are. showing the most legs out of all of them. Oh, that's fine. Um, so um, this was DC's answer to the X-Men. Mm-hmm. So we had, there's there's a little bit of that, oh my God, sorry, a fly just flew into my eye. Um, this is that time of year. Flies have been out of control. <laughs> They're killing me. Um, Starfire is at least um, aesthetically storm. Right. Yep. You know, no pupils, green eyes. And it's like she's fantastic, and yep. she she flies, and she's got this streamer behind her yep. of her hair, and it looks like fire. And you're like, that is pretty cool. And everybody's got a um like a counterpart, a doppelganger. Yeah, yeah. A counterpart, yeah. a doppelganger on the X Men, like uh, Robin and Cyclops, yep. of course, um, Colossus and and Cyborg. Uh, Kitty Pride and because I mean she had so many names back so in the day. So many names: yeah. Ariel, Sprite, right. Shadowcat, being the youngest member, right? Yeah. And um, and Changeling, and then you had um, I always thought she reminded me uh, Raven of Phoenix. I would Dark say the Phoenix. same thing, yeah. yeah. That makes given, sense. given her powers, yeah. and then I don't know Wally, maybe Nightcrawler. Yeah, little yeah. little bit of Nightcrawler. And um, then, nobody gets a Wolverine, I don't think, though. Um, no. No, because yeah, he's pretty unique. Yeah, I'm, yeah. they weren't going to go completely. <laughs> well, that, that, that's that always way. that's always funny seeing the you know across the big two how they kind of borrow from one mm-hmm. another. Like everybody's got their counterparts, and some you know some hit and some don't. So we were talking about on you know on on last last episode about mm-hmm. like speedsters, right? I mean, they're just they're it in the DC right. world, and they're just kind of meh in the in Marvel. Well, if you look at Marvel, there are so many uh, psychics and telepaths right. and, like, nothing. Nothing. Except DC, for yeah. uh, Martian Manhunter. That's Exa- yeah, yeah, exactly. He's a complete, he's a freaking, right. he's got to be an alien to do it. Yeah. You right. know, like. <laughs> and I don't know if you noticed uh, Deathstroke the Terminator. Yep. And a certain mercenary with a mouth. Of course. Yep. I, mean, I mean, I mean, come on. Slade Wilson, Wade Wilson. There you like, go. I mean, yeah. Come on, Wink, guys. wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Say no more. Say no more. Yeah, like the, the biggest difference is that they gave him two eyes instead of one, yes. but also debilitating cancer. Like, okay. it's just, you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, that was – and, and Deathstroke was – 
around before this, right? He was not new. No, this was so his this was first his, brand spanky okay. new. Okay, because that's what I want to read. I want to read more of, because I know Deathstroke becomes like a real arch enemy of the Titans, and mm-hmm. I've always loved Deathstroke as a character. I want to read more more of that. Cool. Then um, you'll have to get, I'll, I'll get you in touch with the very first, um, when Robin, Robin uh, quits being Robin in the Teen Titans. Yes. Tales of the New Teen Titans. Um, issue number 44 where he becomes Nightwing. Now, nice. he had quit being Robin in issue 39, and it took him five months, and that was five excruciating months yeah, for five, me. Five human, real-world months. Yes, oh, five human, real-world months. And we had no internets back then, and <laughs> no nothing, no speculation except in, um, in uh, the letter columns of comic books um, of which I was in my my comic uh, my my letter got published in um, did you really yeah New Teen Titans oh, number 26 that's wow awesome. so yes it was pretty that cool that is really cool um, however that, that that's neither here nor there because uh, Robin quit and became Nightwing and that was uh, the Judas contract yes. Mike's favorite character is Nightwing. Oh, okay. Yes. I can do well, Dick Grayson. He looks very yes, Dick Grayson, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, uh, we, we, did it, we did a Nightwing episode on our first ones. Um, so so now I have to ask you, since oh, you're, you're here, got to yeah. put you on the spot. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, do you have any questions about... No, you told me I had to come up with questions. I didn't yeah, realize come this was like a school session. Yes, you Next had homework. I'll bring my number two pencil. You had homework. And this a, was a lined homework. book. Yes, I, I, you, you read, read it. it. Melissa, well, you are under no well, obligation. The is that Matt read it first. Oh, that is... And then handed it to me, and I had to speed read it. Gotcha. This. Okay. <laughs> I should have given you two copies. Uh, Damn me. She's a fa- <laughs> well, she's a faster reader than I am. I thought you would have been. I thought you would have been fine. So who's your who's your favorite character off the cuff? Oh, I, I think Raven is my favorite character. I like how mysterious she is during the whole thing, and then like towards the end, you're starting to get more of the story. Um, I do have to say my favorite my favorite part of it is how strong all the women were. And That's an excellent my f- point. Favorite scene is that they or my favorite thing in the whole book is that they have to carry Robin around everywhere, and then they <laughs> drop him at yes. one point. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I was literally laughing out loud. It was hilarious. That is actually a great bit because everybody can have their own sort of transport except, except for, for Robin. Robin unless he's got you know the Robin cycle yeah the Robin cycle I never cycle about that it was it's fantastic just, and you know he's throwing batarangs at like rooftops he's not Spider-Man yeah. so he's like Shh. and that's how that's how Batman used to do it he didn't yeah. have the grapple gun until the movie he had to throw the batarang he threw the right. batarang and would swing yeah I mean even this like Robin just got smacked around the entire yeah, he, he is yep. he is incredibly over uh, or underpowered and overmatched for everybody. Yep. In this and yes, but uh, he's he's a, a strategic tactician. Yep. Which is amazing, and he's able to like point people in the right directions. And as the series progresses, he comes at it with his own strengths. He is the world's second greatest detective. He's the world's greatest acrobat. He's one of, I'm going to say, one of DC's top five unarmed combatants. Wow. I think that, yeah, that's probably got to be a fair assessment. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's Lady Shiva, um, the second Green Arrow, Mm -hmm. Batman. uh, I think it's, then it's Nightwing. And then... Um, probably Deathstroke, right? 
Deathstroke. Well, yeah, Deathstroke is, but he's an enhanced. So that's also true. He that yeah. he does have. Unfortunately, right. you know, we're got talking, a bit of an edge. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't even know who I'd go with number five, but maybe the question. Mm, the original fair. question. Well, so. I love you know. Speaking of of again on Robin, I love <laughs> is you know the the scene where they're fighting the the issue where they're fighting the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and everyone's kind of pairing off <laughs> Robin just walks up to Al Jordan because this is when mm-hmm. he still has the yellow weakness mm-hmm. he takes off his cape and just covers the ring mm-hmm. with the yellow and just kicks him in the head yeah. like that was such a great <laughs> yeah I mean you're like yeah that's badass I mean like, it's so badass but then it's but it's gotta be you know the, the, this I feel like is around the time somebody's reading that and it's like okay wait a minute Hal Jordan just got pwned by yeah. Robin <laughs> with, you know with it for this yellow like we gotta do something about this yellow weakness but like, there were probably also you got Hal Jordan who's like every every time he's like oh no my ring doesn't work against anything yellow why would you say that yeah. what are you stupid oh no my ring doesn't work against steel monsters right. or Strippers, <laughs> winning lottery tickets, anything. Come on, don't be stupid. I mean, that it just doesn't make sense for him to, to do that. But and but, yet here's Robin. He's like, all right, I'm gonna kick you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like that was that. I mean, you know, for a long time too. Like that was that era. That was the way a lot of comics were written. You know, like everything had to be, despite the fact that there were pictures, everything had to be also explained. You know, it's it's kind of like an anime where they can't do a move without telling you what the mm-hmm. move is. Of course, you know, super exploding death punch, right? Like it's you know. <laughs> of course, yeah. It's like. I, I forgot about the super exploding death punch. Thank you. Um, um, so talking about the, you mentioned, Melissa, the mm-hmm. uh, the female characters, which I totally agree with, but I find the the costume designs for some of them to be interesting. I mean, like you said, you know, George Perez, right, had designed Starfire. Mm-hmm. Wonder Girl's outfit had been around for, you know, this is her classic oh, costume. Oh, got 12 years yeah. at that point? But I just find Wonder Girl's costume to be fascinating in general because, first of all, I absolutely love it. I think it's just a totally badass costume. Mm-hmm. But for the time, she's, like, completely covered, you know? Yeah. Like, when you look at I mean, even even regular Wonder Woman at the time, like, Wonder Woman didn't get pants until, like, the new 52, I feel like. Yeah, you know? right. Like, you know? And then Starfire's, you know, barely wearing anything. And, you know, Raven's got a relatively tame costume. Well, it's kind of like the slit in the dress or whatever. But I, I find the costume choices and designs here very cool and very interesting. And it was just, it stood out to me that Wonder Girl is, like, completely covered in just super-duper badass. Well, the thing about, yeah, the costumes are, like I said, the the Kid Flash costume, one of my favorite costume designs ever yeah. on any superhero. And uh, Cyborg's... I, it's sort of weird. It's, it's weird, yeah. It's, it's a very uh, Space 1999 kind of thing. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it's very much a product of the time when the concept of, like, cyborgs and robots and cyber cybernetics were, were still very new, and nobody really had kind of defined what they looked like. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we're just going to put bits of metal in this interconnected way and then it's going to be a, it's a cyborg right like you know sure, like, like, yeah, the things on, like the things on his leg it's like a cheese grater almost yeah like, just, you it, know. that is so weird or, or like <laughs> leg braces for like, right he's got um, yeah he's he, I don't know he's, he's got polio right you know it's like oh my god and <laughs> I, and I mean, is is it all one piece? Where does it zip? Right, like how, how does, does it? He, yeah, yeah, how yeah. does it come together? And then, and then, but then, yeah, then like how does it? You know, he talks about how it's it's kind of 
on his body, mm-hmm. right? But then there's like a scene where he plugs something into his eye, you know? And you're like, okay, so how does this all work? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I assumed it was just all part of him. Like, none of it comes off. But he's got to do stuff, right? Yeah. Does he? Well, eventually, so eventually they, they explain, they address this kind of stuff. But like in this era of comics, that you're just kind of meant to assume that like, you know, just don't, don't ask these questions. You don't. <laughs> want to know the answer to, right? Because like, you could ask the same question about Robin, right? Now that we know it's a one-piece green suit, is there a fly there? Or is he taking the whole, does he have like a flap? Or is he I'm, taking the whole thing I'm off? I'm hoping that it's like a onesie that he like unbuttons right there. And right. like, <laughs> Welcome wow, to that was easy. Guys. I'll teach you all about these things. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh. Women have that same problem right now. You're just you're just essentially Robin in these in these body suits Pretty or whatever. Much. Or cyborgs. You're cyborgs. I am a cyborg. Oh my, that's excellent. So that's not my secret. Oh, so you now, are, so that you are welcome here all the time now. <laughs> so that begs the Please real don't question try to, plug to ask, right? When <laughs> that begs the real question: When Changeling changes into an animal, is he? He's always got, I guess, if he has to go to the bathroom, he's going in the version of that animal, I suppose. I right? would hope, yeah. I think so. I, he's a crab at one point, too. He picks some interesting things he to does. turn some, into through this whole some thing. really weird choices. Like, <laughs> really he'll turn weird. into a horse so Robin can, hey, Robin, ride my back. You <laughs> yeah. know? It's like, that's kind of <laughs> creepy. Thank you, Gar. Yeah. It's clever, in a sense, though. Yeah, it would still but, be somebody carrying Robin, too. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. And not only that, but never trust anybody that can turn into an animal that can run and poop at the same time. Yes. yes. So, right. Agreed. And I always found the choice of green for him to be interesting, just given the fact that it's Green Lantern already and Green Arrow. Yeah. And then everything he changes into is green. Like, you could, I feel like it could have gone with a different... Uh... <laughs> it's just a, the color scheme. Right, it's exactly. It's just the way that it was. It works. It, and... What was his uh, his disease? Was Sacuida? Uh Yes, that's what it was called. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> Sacuida. I've Sacuida. never heard of it. That's yeah, Sacuida. Yeah, it's got its own dollar. God. Um. What else did I have? Ravager was cool. Ravager. Um, yes. Doctor Light. Now this is where this is the era where Doctor Light was dumbed down. Mm-hmm. And he, Dr. Light used to pose a threat. Dr. Light was once um, pretty uh, powerful. Right. He took on the Teen Titans one time when they were just the Teen Titans. Not the new Teen Titans. He didn't have to have a fearsome five with him. But <laughs> he um, he took them down. And he took, he, he took out a lot of people. He, he took out... Not just, uh, it was Kid Flash, uh, Robin, Wonder Girl, uh, Speedy, and who else did he get? He got somebody else. And then he took out the, you know, full-size Flash, not just the the pint-size Flash, um, up in their satellite headquarters. Yeah. And he was was kicking ass and taking names, and he got uh, his butt handed to him by Guardian, who was Mal Duncan. Oh, Okay. And Mal just put a mix mismatch, um, mismatch of uh, costumes on. And he's like, this is great. And gave him super strength. And he just went and kicked Dr. Light's ass. And he so. has such an interesting costume, too. Like, I don't under... I honestly... It, I like everything about his costume. Mm-hmm. Except for, like, the fish fin. Oh, the fin, the yeah. Like, that does just, look pretty stupid. It just seems so out of place. Yeah, although that's that's a, an aesthetic choice from the right? 60s, so there you are. And then this is another one. I forgot about this character, too. We, we were talking about Mento before, and <laughs> Simon, but P.S.I. Yeah. Simon, like, it's just... Simon <laughs> says, and if you watch him, um, 
he's pretty cool here, but if you watch Young Justice, right. they use him to great effect there, and it's, he's I very love, creepy, like, Simon Says, you know? I love it's like, Young oh Justice. God. Yes. Have I told you my Peter David story? No. Oh, this is my favorite story of all time. I want to hear this one. So we went. I went to a, a, a Comic-Con, oh, God, it was probably like five years ago now, um, it was up in uh, up near the Meadowlands. It was East Coast Comic Con. Okay. Um, they uh, I don't believe they do them anymore. I don't think they came back after COVID. But I went every year for like a few years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, much smaller con. But and they they would always have like cool guests. And I personally prefer to go to the smaller cons mm-hmm. because like New York and San Diego, they're just they're too big. There's too much. Right. Gotcha. It's, it's less about the comics and stuff for me. It's used more to be the, the Asbury Park. Right. Yeah. Used to be the Asbury Park Comic Con. Yeah. Um, so the one year I went, Peter David was there and he was sitting at his table and I like, he had nobody at his table and I walked up and I was like, I almost looked around. I'm like, I'm like, is this, is this like a different Peter David or like, cause like, why does nobody want to spend, like talk to, to Peter David, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's one of my favorites. So I went up to him and I was just, you know, I was like, Hey, you, you know, you signing anything or like, you know, can I, whatever he, and he goes, yeah. And he had a stack of, um, draft young justice scripts that he had written and they even had like you know the gold pins in them like of course yeah he had a whole stack of them um and you know he was like i forget what it was like it was like three for 20 or something right and sure but i was like yeah right because i didn't have anything else on me just science i got these three autographed scripts but it was so cool because as he was doing it you know i i kind of like fangirled a little bit and i was like dude i'm a huge fan you know i love you know a lot of your stuff and and he, and he just kind of called me on the spot. He goes, like, he's like, what's your, what's your favorite? And I was like, oh. I was like, you know, I was like, you know, probably some of the stuff you did for Spider-Man is, you know, one of my favorites. And he goes, and he goes, well, let me tell you a story. And he goes on this whole, tells me a whole, like, 20-minute story about how he was getting into it with, like, the editorial staff at Marvel when he was writing the story about, like, the foreigner and Ned Leeds mm-hmm. because he, you know, because Marvel apparently, I can't remember the, the story now because he's, the way he put it was that Marvel wanted, oh, Marvel wanted the foreigner to be the hobgoblin rather than the Ned Leeds the way it actually was with being manipulated by Kings and mm-hmm. Peter did. He had a whole. He says, That's a stupid idea. That the foreigner shouldn't be the hobgoblin. Should be the, the foreigner should be the one that assassinates Ned Leeds. And like, so obviously he got his way with the mm-hmm. story. Um, but he like he told me the whole story, and I'm asking him all these questions about it, like his writing process. And he sat there and talked to me for like 20, 25 minutes and told me that whole story. And like my friends that I was with, like they didn't know who Peter David was, and they couldn't they couldn't understand why I was like, wow, <laughs> it was awesome. It was like one of the coolest experiences. And you're like, yeah, this is amazing. Thank you, Peter David. Right. You are the best. I loved his Hulk run. His Hulk run is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Love, and no one has ever done the Pantheon again. Yep. Agreed. So now it's just, like, there. Yeah. But I, I have a hard time reading Hulk stories now, like, because of Peter David, because they're so, his his stories are so good. Anytime I read one that's not his, I'm always like, okay, yeah, it's, it's good. <laughs> Did you ever read uh, Immortal Hulk? Uh, I actually have not read Immortal Hulk. You are missing out, my friend. Uh, yeah, that, I've, I've heard that. I need to... Yeah, I'll put that on my list. Okay. I'll put that on my list. You got a long list. <laughs> I, have, my I know my list is always growing. Matt's got a big list. <laughs> I got a stack at home. It's, and it's insane. M- Melissa's like, I'm not even going to try to get into your head, buddy. <laughs> I'm trying to get him out of his regular realm of comics. He's been reading a lot of indie stuff lately. Good, that's excellent. That's true. We've been doing go some indie stuff. Oh, God. Well, I don't know. You got anything else on uh, New Teen Times, or at least on this volume? I'm sure we'll read some more and come back to yeah, this. Yeah, this. But- this is um, it's the beginning of like yeah. history making. This is where DC uh, started. Marv, uh, Marv and uh, George Perez came over from Marvel, and they kind of set DC. 
you know, set their accounts to um, like be on par with Marvel because yep. DC was just they were white bread. There, everything was it was uh, like um, like communion wafers. It had no flavor. <laughs> had nothing. It was it, it'd fill you up if you ate enough of them, but you know. No nutritional value. Uh, this is where they started putting things right. Yeah. This is where you know um, comics started to matter again. You know, Superman was. You know, we, a little bit later on, we're gonna meet the uh, Mega Men who got their start in Green Lantern, and then moved over to Action Comics, where you know they should have. And Superman's, you know, that's where they're toying with the the thought of depowering Superman a little bit. And they always tried, and you always have to crank them up to, you know, 11 again. Yeah. So, but, you know, from this, we got Swamp Thing. We got um, Watchmen. We got Dark Knight Returns. If it wasn't for the Teen Titans, we wouldn't have it. We would not have had any of that. That's really cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Anything else for you? No, no questions? Ah, well, thank you, special guest, <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> Melissa, thank you. You come back anytime you want. I'll be more, more prepared next time. Well, we'll, well, well, next you were time, fine. Next time you come on, we'll do an indie comic. Oh, that would be wonderful. Yeah, we can do like Lock and Key or something. Ooh. Yeah, because I know you're, I mean, I'm really into that too. I'm like, this, this I'm far is past so you. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I know you are blowing past <laughs> me. Um, well, all right. Well, thanks as always, guys, for listening. We're uh, here at the stash. Uh, I'm Matt. I'm Mike. And, and we, we read, read comics. comics.